Welcome to WPC Smash, your stop for wrestling and pop culture smashed together. I am Ian Wilson, this is Mike Moran, and we are going to immerse you into our world of pro wrestling, video games, and all the stuff that we think is just too sweet! Alright, WPC Smash, episode 16. Sweet 16, what's going on Ian, man? Yes sir, I'm good brother, how you been Mike? Not bad, not bad. Good dude, uh, we got Clash of Champions last week, we had Christmas this week, all kinds of good stuff going on man. Oh yeah. We've been busy? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also been playing a lot of video games too, so. Dude, we got, there's a lot going on in video games, um, what have you been playing? I played a little Battlefront, um, a lot of DLC drops, so I've been playing some more South Park, a little bit of Destiny, but honestly, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty as well. Yeah, dude, me too. Shovel kills for you, right? That's right. Shovel kills and throwing knives. Yes. Dude, I saw this uh, class um, Expeditionary and Serrated, and you can get three throwing knives and two stun grenades along with your shovel. Nice. Yeah. I've seen Serrated, but I didn't know about the other one. Yeah, for whatever reason, that's how it works out. You get three throwing knives, two stuns or flashes or whatever, and you get your shovel, too, oh, so you cool. can just run around and tear it up. Nice. And I actually think with uh, Expeditionary, you might get to pick up your knives again, maybe. All right. Something weird. There's something that you that's can do cool. that. But, dude, yeah, I saw a couple of videos that you posted that were pretty rad. I'm bro. trying. Yeah. <laughs> I got a nice video of a one shot, like one bullet double headshot. And as you know, in Call of Duty World War II, one headshot doesn't get the kills. So I had to bring down both those MFers a little bit first and then get the headshot. That's right. I seen it. <laughs> I was there, Leo. <laughs> it was classic, bro. Yeah, dude. It, it's been fun, man. Just they're nerfing everything and changing everything. So just playing with different stuff is fun. I know you guys are running around yep. and having fun with like that. Psychos. Yeah, you got your gold <laughs> shovel yet? No, it's gonna I'm be close. It's going to be bad when you do, bro. I'm, I'm at the point where... Kills don't matter towards my challenges. I have to do special type challenges like kill the guy, pick up his gun, go find him, and kill him again with his own gun. Yeah. Crazy stuff like that. Dude, Call of Duty is good, and we got all the Christmas noobs getting ready to jump on, so that should be yes, good. Yes, sir. I'm excited about that. And actually, you know, because of the skill-based matchmaking, you know, people like us are going to get matched up more with those lower noobs because we haven't prestige yet. Right, right. And like, mm, 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 yep. it's eating time. <laughs> <laughs> Feed <Yeah>. me <laughs> more. Absolutely, Ryback. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I've been playing a lot of that, too. Not a lot, but that's what I have been playing. What kind of South Park uh, DLC dropped? Um, the South Park DLC that dropped, it's, um, it's called Danger Deck. Okay. And it's a spinoff of the danger room. So you go Sweet. I'm already in, dude. You go to Token's <laughs> house and you go to the secret headquarters, but he has a danger deck or a danger room and it's just skill based fights that you do. Yep. Like one was all of the enemies have the elemental damage where it will make you bleed or put you on fire. So after each one of your turn, like you're on fire. Yeah. And then one of them was just all the bosses but this is a tough one i'm stuck on currently yeah it's like all the badass bosses are in there the worst part is the the king crab from the crab people he heals all the enemies so it's <laughs> like as soon as you get ahead he's healing everyone back up with uh, blows. yeah so 
but yeah. that's fun. It's easy, easy to get into it. Like it's not like any puzzle you have to solve. You just go, download yeah. it, play it, and start fighting again. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'm. I was super interested in Battlefront. I like almost bought it, and then there was all that crazy shenanigans like the last week before the launch about how they were going to do stuff, and it right. just like it intrigued me to play that game. And I know that you tried it. Yeah. Um, do you like the multiplayer? Do you like the single player? Do you hate everything? I only played the campaign. Okay. Uh, I wanted to play the story. I was intrigued that this one had a single-player campaign, unlike the last one. Yeah. So probably about four hours of play, uh, two two sit-downs, two hours apiece. It was real fun. I liked where the story was. It pretty much bridges the gap between episodes six and seven. Okay. So you get to see what's going on there. That's cool. You're um, a character that I believe you've never really seen in the movies before. But what's cool about it is you'll play two missions as her, but then you'll play a mission as a hero. So you might play a mission as Princess Leia. Yeah. You might play as Han Solo. That's cool. Uh, Lando Calrissian has his little thing. Sweet. Um, so, yeah, about four hours. I really liked it. The graphics look dope. I yeah. got the 4K TV going. I yeah. really, really liked it. So, like I said, four hours of that because there's there's a lot of flying missions as well. So it's a it's a mix up between your first person or third person shooter. Yeah, uh, but everything was fun. I enjoyed it, and I I really enjoyed the cutscenes because they just look so good. Yeah, but while you're watching the cutscene, the game's loading. So when when you start your mission. It doesn't even look like the cutscene ended and you're controlling the person. It's just crisp. Ah, oh, nice. Like, everything in it is crisp. That does sound good. I played a little bit of the arcade mode because I really wanted to play as Rey. I wanted to see if she had force powers. I wanted to see what she brought to the table, if she had her lightsaber or her bow staff. Yep. So to get her in the arcade mode, and the arcade mode is super fun and easy. It's just you're in a level. You pick the character. There's, like, two characters you can choose from per level. Yep. And you try to kill the bad guys before time runs out. Cool. And as you go along, you get different power-ups. So I went through that a couple times until I finally got Ray, And, again, just had some fun with her. Nice. You, know, had you didn't play any multiplayer? Chewbacca. Nope. Nothing? No. Nope. You didn't even want to play? I rented it. Yeah, I yeah, Truth yeah, be yeah. told. You know, and then I was really confused, and I think this is what, you know, the internet community is talking about, the microtransactions. I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Like, even in Call of Duty, I know we get our care packages, special rare supply drops. I get them when I earn them. I don't spend money on them because that's a dangerous game for me. <laughs> like that's, yeah, and, you shouldn't do that. Right, and that's the point of, you know, the microtransactions. That, that's what they're banking on, but now they're doing it in Star Wars, and I was like, ugh. Yeah, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather try to get a hundred headshots to earn something, rather than pay money to hopefully get it out of a treasure chest. Oh yeah, I've seen people on YouTube dump tons of money into like the winter care drops on Call of Duty yeah. and get nothing. And yeah, you're just like, and you're, the fact that the main way you can get the new weapons is through those care drops. Like, there's other ways, but they're hard. Right. You know, and. Um, that's it's crazy that's manipulating the system because now if i want to be the best in the world and i need to get that gun i need to open up as many care packages as i can as fast as i can to get that gun that's craziness that's yep. and that's what they're you and know. your skill level and ranking up really doesn't matter it's the luck of a draw of yep. a care package yep to get the newest best gun that they're putting out if it was strictly cosmetic i don't think it would be as successful because right. i mean some people care about that stuff but not enough but it's the same thing in star wars 
Like, say you got Luke Skywalker. You have his basic three moves, but if you want that badass, he'll take out three guys at once with one force move, you have to pray you're getting it out of that package. Ah, oh, no way. Yeah, that's bogus. Yeah, they I thought call it was cards. Co- they I call th- them, like, move cards. Yeah, I thought it was cosmetic-based in Battlefront too. That's total bogus, man. Yeah, but one thing I did read, which I'm going to have to, like, dig deeper into it, is as the seasons change in this game... And season being right now, we're in the Last Jedi season. Yeah. When the next season, whatever they choose to name it, comes out, there's more campaign. So that's kind of cool. Oh, that is kind of so cool. I'm so you're getting more campaign, too, yep. with your DLC? That's yep. cool. So that'd be, yeah. Because right now they're in The Last Jedi because they didn't want to have any spoiler alerts for, for Last Jedi. So I'm assuming that the next drop will be things that happen within the last jedi sweet if that makes any sense yeah 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 i, I mean that sounds that part's cool all yep. that stuff's good i'm not a fan of microtransactions no, at no. all but i'm not gonna not buy a game because they're there i just won't buy them right you know yeah it's and just annoying you gotta keep me you know i have to be able to get the stuff that people are getting out of those packages you know that's kind of right yeah but just where i'm at it's like there's so much other stuff going on right now that i just don't need to buy this star wars game yeah i'll wait for the price to drop a little bit more and i probably will buy it when it's like 39.99 on xbox live gold deals page like that's when i'm gonna jump on it i think you know what i mean yep hey man that's awesome speaking of like real quick danger room x-men type stuff disney bought x-men and uh fantastic four from fox well they bought fox they bought fox yeah they bought the simpsons they bought family guy everything man yep there is a lot of big changes coming for X-Men fans out there. You know, hopefully we're going to get a cartoon soon. Yeah. And I think, you know, shortly after that, we're going to get a big run of movies, probably a totally recast. For sure. And uh, I'm super excited for that. I, I like everything about it. Uh, Fantastic Four could use a solid reboot, you know what I mean? Um, yep. I thought the last movie was okay. You know, I didn't hate on it as much as everybody else. I didn't even watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. It's not, I mean, yeah. it's not great. You know what I mean? But um, I'm not a hater on movies anyway. Most right. of the time, I just watch it and like it. it just depends whether I'm going to watch it 40 times or twice. Right. You know, over the course of its lifetime. But uh, I'm super excited. Anything, anytime I can get some more X Men, I'm happy about that. So Definitely. that was kind of big news for me. And uh, I was I was excited about it, man. That's that's huge news. Like basically, Definitely. the only thing Disney's missing is whatever Sony owns. Yeah. Which is, like, play uh, Spider-Man, I think. And, like, only certain parts of Spider-Man. It's weird. Right, like, and they're already sharing them with Marvel. Yeah, they, well, they have so. to now. What are they going to do? Like, right. you know, like, either you can give them to us or we'll take them. <laughs> you know? Right, right. But, yeah, so there's big news coming on in movies Definitely and exciting. crossovers. Definitely. We could get Avengers versus X-Men, which is one mm-hmm. of the most mm-hmm. epic story runs that's, you know, happened in the last 10 years. People that didn't even read comics, like, sought out that book or yes. have at least heard of it so that's huge for me you know seeing that on film would be pff, yeah, phenomenal yeah. even like a cartoon film like a short oh, you, know, yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. oh so good like so good. cgi type that's cartoon, anything yeah there's something yep. and there's other stuff too you, know? you could get a marvel ultimate alliance movie yeah and just uh, have everybody just like the games you know the games were awesome yep this movie would be awesome too there's there's a lot of stuff that they can do and and i'm super excited about it that that really stuck out for me recently and and with that um I i know a lot of people were wondering about deadpool you know disney deadpool from what i understand is they agreed that deadpool will still be rated r so he'll still be the merc with a mouth yeah so no need to worry 
So that's a breath of fresh air because absolutely with Disney, I mean, I've seen some changes in some things. You know, everything seems to be a little more silly. You know, in certain movies, that that's just how I feel. So uh, I'm the gl- Guardians of the Galaxy effect. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That is exactly right. Yeah, and I think we need some darker stuff. And and DC mm-hmm. tried to do that. It just wasn't good. Just you too know? Dark. Yeah, no. I don't know. I just didn't think that their casting was good. Like, yeah, they have more. I don't know. Exciting. Like, there's more exciting things that could go on. Right. The Venom movie is the ball's rolling on that. I'm really excited about the Venom movie. Um, and I also saw that with this talk of the merging or the buying out, yeah. Michael Chiklis wants to reprise his role as the thing that in would the be Fantastic cool. Four. That would so, be cool. Like, not just fanboys like us are excited. Like the actual people who live it yep. want to go back to their old roles because they know how big of a deal this is. Oh, it's huge. You know, yeah. and, and like you said, all these movies are going to take off. There's going to be other movies. Then mm-hmm. they're gonna, Disney's putting out their own version of Netflix, basically, or HBO Go yep, yep. in the next few years. So all this stuff's going to be on it. They're probably going to buy, you know, everything except for the CW stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's coming in the future where if you want to watch all the Marvel and Disney and all that stuff together, and yep. you're going to have to subscribe to their network. So that's coming in the future. I heard, I read about that, and that's serious, and that's real, you know? So there's going to be a lot of stuff on that. It's going to be a big, you know, Netflix killer per se, you know what I mean? We shall see. That's right. I think there's They're a lot of They're already pulling their movies there. from Netflix, too, if you check it out. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Some random ones are going over to Hulu, but. It, it's happening slowly. I think they're dishing out their time. Like, oh, you said you could have this for six months here, take it now because, yep. or you're not getting it. <laughs> you know, because in a year we want everything on our stuff. So, yep. it's. They, um, I don't think they want to make it as drastic. Like, all of a sudden one day everything Disney's gone. So yeah. they're like slowly doing their thing. They know they, what they're doing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, crazy, man. Lots mm-hmm. of stuff's going to go on in the next few years with that stuff. And, you know, I'm definitely excited about that. Oh, yeah. A lot of stuff's been going on with wrestling. For sure. Clash of Champions. You know, we previewed that pay-per-view, and I thought we were pretty on point, man. I sent a text uh, pretty quickly the next day. I was like, man, we were pretty close. And um, that doesn't always happen with WWE. You know, anything can happen in the WWE. For us to be as close as we were and, you know, pretty on point with how things, you know, were going to go and stuff like that, I, I really... I thought it was good, man. I thought we did good. I thought the show was good. The show didn't blow me away. I don't have six pages worth of move notes. But the show was solid for what it was. This isn't supposed to be the best pay-per-view of the year. You know, it's a filler. Getting us to the Royal Rumble. Yep, it's the last pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, uh, five weeks or six weeks in between to the Royal Rumble. So this is going to be the longest time we've had in between without a pay-per-view in a long time. So they kind of set the stage, and and we're going to get a big reset you know, yeah. on ride, I would assume. So, Class of, Champion, Class of Champions pre-show start off with Mojo, Raleigh, and Zack Ryder. This one did surprise me. I thought this match would be competitive. I definitely, you know, was on the Mojo train with him, you know, turning heel and stuff like that right. as far as I don't like him, but that's I get <laughs> that that's where they're going and right. that Zack Ryder doesn't need this win right here, right now. Mojo Raleigh went over yeah. Zack Ryder, though, like holy cow, he squashed him. And yeah. it was it. What seemed weird to me was that Mojo Raleigh can't get it done in a tag team setting, but all of a sudden he can smash Zack Ryder because he's mad. You know, right. now is that what it is? Maybe 
I it was the Just most improved something. It was the most impressive week of Mojo Rally I'd ever seen. Yeah. So hopefully he can keep it going. He cut a promo on YouTube or Facebook Live or something like that, which was super good. I liked it. He was intense. He came in, he did his job. Five moves of doom move set type deal going on. Don't like that. Too many shoulder yeah. like the shoulder block is basically like your best move and that's kind of weird. And I was surprised <laughs> with the finish move. You know, yeah, that WMD type punch. I, uh, not into it. But all the other stuff, like the way he approached the match, the way he cut his promos, the yep. way he did the match, um, he's just got to find his own move wise, and he doesn't need a ton of moves. He just got to do better stuff, right? Like cooler stuff. But you this know is what the I mean? time. Yep, that works time for me. Time for him to do it. That works for me. Where do you see Zack Ryder going? Because I honestly see him going to the Indies with his boys. Uh, <laughs> because um, it, that's a tough one. I don't know because I think he's he's good for WWE and they know it. Like he does more than just wrestle in the ring. He has well, he doesn't have his YouTube show anymore, but he has segments on the WWE. Well, they um, killed his show because it was way too popular, right. and people were hijacking shows. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Uh, in my opinion. Well, I don't know if you've seen the the segment he gets on WWE.com. He unboxes toys. Okay. So, like, it, it's not like they have nothing for him. That's cool. But they, it, they understand that there is a market for that. Right, know? and people like him and like watching him. But I, I just – I really don't know where I see him. Maybe switch over to Rob, but then for what? Because – Raw's a whole nother story at this moment. Like, their intercontinental title scene is awesome. Yeah. I don't see Zach fitting in there. No. I Where I see him, in my opinion, is, you know, Edgehead's getting back together would be great for both guys. We talked about yeah, it. Yeah. You, you brought it up. Yep. But That's the, exactly what I was the just more, going to say. More and more it makes sense. Zach Ryder would be happy. Just being with his buddy now, you know, yep. and um, Brian Myers is a cool dude, too, or... Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins. Face yeah. the facts. I think them together could easily get over with the crowd, especially the internet crowd. Yeah. Um, where, like you said, Zack Ryder's doing unboxings. They're talking about starting an action figure, a WWE action figure podcast. Absolutely. These things have big markets these days. It's, yep. You know what I mean? Even just unboxings. They're crazy. I watch unboxings sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? More for like collectible type stuff to see what people get and... You know yeah. what I mean? How that really goes right, and stuff right. like that. But still, like, there's a huge market for that kind of stuff. For so sure. that's hopefully where I see it going. Mojo Raleigh, I mean, he's got a chance right now. He can continue the way that he started out, but he's going to have to, you know, practice and get better. Yeah, my notes were Mojo looked hella strong and he had good promos. <laughs> and was that the only match during the pre show? Um, I think there was one more. No, it was the only match. I believe it was. Yeah, because, because they bumped. Like saying, hey, oh, yeah, we thought that um, the Breeze Dongo right? match was going to be on the pre-show, but it, it never happened, right? No, they put it on the main card. Yeah, the main Brothers. card. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Yep. Okay, so that first off surprised me because we went way into the pre-show before we got the Mojo Raleigh Zack Ryder match. Right. Now, that, now that you're saying it, it like, clicked in my head that... Um, I was wondering what was going on. You usually get your two matches, but yeah, is what it is. Um, they ended up bumping that to the card, and you know we can jump right there. Exactly what we said would happen happened, and uh, the Bludgeon Brothers killed Breeze Dango. It wasn't fair, believable, or nothing. You know they killed him. Um, I still like them both, so yeah. I, I guess that it was fine booking. You know what I mean? Because when they walked away, I was like, Bludgeon Brothers are cool. They have a sweet entrance. They have good music. Their ring gear sucks. I think Hurricane Helms uh, posted <laughs> something like that, or somebody did. You know on yeah. uh, Twitter. 
And it was funny because we had already talked about that. I'm like, everything's great about them except the ring gear. Hopefully they work on that. I think Breezango got two moves in. Yeah. So it's different than when you see Bludgeon Brothers on SmackDown facing enhancement talents in that aspect. Like, two moves. They got them in. Okay. They got their moves. All right. That's true, I I guess. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Breezango, they're fine, though, because I still didn't hate them when they got out of the ring. You know what I mean? I still weren't like these guys. They cut a promo, I believe, before the match, too, about their new shirt. They're funny. So they know. They know what's up. It's all good, you know. Um, But... We called uh, starting off the card with uh, the three-way. We thought that would be the best way that if we were booking it, that we would start it off because this is the way to get the crowd going, and that's what WWE thought too, I guess. Um, And that's exactly what we got. Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, and Baron Corbin coming in as the champ uh, in a three-way for the United States title. Clash of Champions, titles are on the line all around um, for the most part. And, you know, this is the first one of the night and the first match of the night. Dolph Ziggler ended up taking the win at the end, which totally swerved me. Yep. Um, And I think that that was the point, and it was a good one. Um, Dolph Ziggler obviously has those crazy rumors where he might leave. I mean, he's got that Zack Ryder syndrome where he could go hang out with his buddies and make a lot of money too probably. Yeah. So I was definitely not thinking that they would put the strap on him. And I think that's exactly why they did it. We got a little CM Punk action, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, there's no way they're going to put the title on him, and, and they do. Uh, I'm fine with Bobby Roode not winning it. I know I wanted him to win, and I thought he would. But I want him to turn heel first, I think. Yeah. He'll have his time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baron Corbin, uh, getting better, much better. Uh, Good character. He's good. He's fine. He don't bug me as much. But I think Dolph Ziggler is a much better champion. I think Bobby Roode would be a much better champion. Right. Uh, Just in my opinion. Dolph Ziggler won, and that totally blew me away, man. Anything stick out to you in the match? I thought it honestly had great... You know, good back and forth action, but it was a little predictable when it would come to a, a two count because oh, it's a three way. So here's that third man breaking up the, the two count. Sure. But but then at the end, I I, I thought, you know, I I wrote it down as a note when Corbin came in at the end to break up the two count, but then he threw uh, Rude out. I I don't know the way the way it went down. I usually Rude would have came in and threw out, you know, the guy who's making the pin. Yeah. But the guy who was trying to break up the pin got thrown out. I, I don't know. The way that they, they pulled that off right at the end, I thought it was cool. And then, obviously, the finish. The end of days into the zigzag with all three competitors doing a move together at the end, I thought that was awesome. That that was a cool finish. Um, in my opinion, it looked good. Baron Corbin uh, sometimes gets that end of days. Like Not everybody can take it and right. make it look really, really good, and that's probably not even Baron Corbin's fault. But this looked cool, and it it had three people involved. So I I thought that uh, that was cool to me because it does stick out to me that not everybody takes end of days super well. And if you watched on the replay, obviously you knew that he was waiting for Dolph Ziggler. So he held Rude a little bit longer, too, like you said, how he... He pulls it off differently with different people, but yep. how he flipped him down first, you know, he was waiting to, I don't know, to feel uh, Ziggler on his shoulder, but he held him and then jacked him back. It was sick. Yeah. That's all I'm trying to really say. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was a perfect first match. It got the crowd going. Um, crowd wasn't into it, into it as much as I would like them to be for a pay per view, but this match definitely got him popping, and uh, it doesn't surprise me because these guys, you know, put on a good show, man, and I wouldn't expect anything different with. Uh, with that, with that group. Uh, Charlotte and Natalia, uh, women's title. I'm not sure if yeah. that was the next one in the card, but that, Charlotte was the champ and Natalia came in. Lumberjack match. They totally steered away from calling it Lumberjills. Yep. 
um, I noticed that for some reason because they'd always called it Lumberjills for right. 10 years probably. So that's cool. You know, yeah. they're just um, – it's just a regular match, you know, like just the same match that the dudes have, so there's no need to change it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was cool. I noticed it. Charlotte came away with the win, man, and that didn't surprise, I don't think, either one of us. We're Natalia fans here, but she just, there's a little bit of personality lacking, I think, in Vince McMahon's opinion. Yeah. I think she could be that Bret Hart type champ, because he never was like super high on charisma either. Right. He said the right things, and he, and he had the the entrance with the crowd and putting the glasses on the kids. Right. That was a big part of it. But he did his work in the ring. Yeah. That's all he needed to do. Absolutely. And, she, and Natty does that too. And I think everybody knows that Natty's like one of the best if she's not the best. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure, sure the argument can be made for Charlotte or, you know, maybe somebody else. But in my opinion, Natty's the best. And, um, you know, it's fine. She doesn't need the title. Right. She can be that, you know, Blackheart type heel. Mm-hmm. And it seems that's where she's going because at the end of the match she cried and... Threw a promo know, out just to yeah. show people she can throw a promo. Yeah. She can. It was okay. I, I, I don't know. I don't think she can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's okay sometimes. Um, but I it, I think that if she comes back as the Blackheart and, like, yells more... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think it was like the fake crying that she did. It just yeah. didn't look real to me. Maybe right. that's what it was more than anything else. I'm and not a nugget. Yeah. Maybe she'll come out saying yeah. that. Yeah. And that would be great. That would get <laughs> wicked over. And you know how loud the stadium would be like, nugget, yeah. nugget. Dude, if well, that gets hacked from us, man. <laughs> You've heard somebody, it Somebody owes you some money. Jesus. Well, besides that, some of the things in the match that I thought were a little strange was there was only one face, Lumberjack, being Naomi. And they alluded to it, too. But I just thought that was weird. Usually you have a good mix of heels and faces. That's a good so point. All I the heels were just beating up um, Charlotte. Yeah. And then I also thought it was strange how all the Lumberjills, Lumberjacks, went through the ring at one point, didn't touch the competitors. They were, like, fighting each other, and they went from one side to another and were just like, do do just yeah. fighting our way through here. And what I was thinking... <laughs> In That's my point. in in my fantasy brain here that I have yeah. my fantasy booking, you're in Boston. Why not have Becky Lynch come out, make the save with Naomi, super face style? Yeah, you know the Irish last kicker, Boston. Yeah, it makes sense to me, but it didn't happen. I mean, they took her music from Dropkick Murphy's stuff, so right. they they might as well. I mean, that that kind of. Music I thought at least they pop. would get a great reaction. You're probably right and about that. It would have made sense with how Naomi was like the only face out there protecting trying to protect charlotte yeah yeah that's a good point i don't know maybe she wasn't there but uh, yeah i yeah i think she's making a movie Uh, with with the miz you're right yeah but i also did like and this is for natty as well how she was kind of like controlling the heels yeah like she would roll out of the ring and be like take her go ahead and she was just standing there like that to me was classic wrestling storytelling i like that too i thought that was cool and the match wasn't bad. No, it was what it was. It was good. I thought it was good. I yep. think there's no, there wasn't any match on this card that I thought was total garbage. You know what I mean? Even the squash match with the Blood and Brothers and Breeze Dango, it was a squash match, and it did what it was supposed to do. Right. You know what I mean? They yep. they squashed them. <laughs> you know, so that that was cool, man. Th- this match I was real excited for, and that was the tag team championships. And for me, this is the most exciting match of the last six pay per views or so. 
it's always the tag team championship. And maybe that's exaggerating a little bit, but I'm always excited for the no, tag team championship. I don't now. think it is. Especially on the SmackDown side. I'll say yeah, it like that. We're always talking about yeah, the SmackDown tag I, team division. I'll say it like that for sure because every time there's a SmackDown pay-per-view, it's how are the Usos or the New Day going to steal the show, you know, yep. somehow. And um, this was a big cluster of teams. It was the Usos, Rusev Day, Shelton and Gable, and the New Day. I thought it was... They did it well, you know. They did it. They did brawling where everybody was jumping in the ring and yep. blah blah blah. They got out of the ring and we got some actual wrestling. It was weird the way that um, the way that they had, you know, the whole match set up. In my opinion, it was different. Yeah, it was all four, like one member of each team in the ring. I never right? seen A that fatal before. Four way, but with tags. It was weird, but yeah. I but I liked it. It worked. Um, I wasn't confused. You know, and um, they did all the good stuff that you thought we would see yeah. in the match. Sweet moves, high risk stuff. You know, the boom. pace was good. Of the pace of the match in general was good too. Absolutely, they all um, came out swinging right away. I think for me, the thing that stuck out the most was um, Chad Gable's suplexes. Oh yeah, when he goes nuts and starts, you know, mm-hmm. suplexing everybody around the ring. And it led into a great finish where the final suplex, uh, he couldn't do it. And uh, he got super Super kicked in the splash from the Usos. And they retained the titles. Perfect way to end it. I didn't expect the finish right there because Gable was clearly in control. And uh, I thought it was great. That spot stuck out to me the most. And Rusev Day was super over. When they came out, they got a pop. And there's no denying that they're they're on their way to the top as far as that goes. You know, T-shirt yep. sales and stuff like that. Rusev Day is going to make some money this next this, sure. this next quarter for sure. <laughs> um, Shelton and Gable, I like their entrance. I think that their music's cool. I think they need another piece, you know, to kind of round them out a little bit. I know we talked about another guy, you know, um, Charlie Haas or. Or even Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Something. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, but I, they're definitely putting it together. And Chad Gable's good, man. He is. He throws them. And um, his bridge, beautiful. Yeah. Right up on the t- his tippity toes. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. And I, I was totally fine with Usos winning. We thought that's where they would go. Uh, I enjoyed it, man. It was different. Definitely different. And it kept my attention. Yeah. So now that you've pretty much read all my notes, uh, <laughs> except for one thing, I actually wrote down that I enjoyed that there was a lot of submissions going on in this match. I think each team kind of threw out a submission here and there when the match started slowing down, when uh, some of the opponents were outside, the the action on the inside was going to submissions, and, and even Aiden English. And with that as well, super over, I'm going to also say that. And it puts a smile on my face. Because I get excited, and I think it's hilarious whenever they're like, Rusev Day, and, you know. They're Rusev, over with me. You Rusev know what I mean? is jolly like and just a, a, being a happy guy. He's not really a, a face, but he just kind of being himself. But it looks like they're having fun. The crowd digs it, and, and that makes, you know, the show for me. They have, like, that annoying heel that thinks they're a baby face type gimmick, which yeah, but is super cool. I like it. And it's different. Nobody else do, is doing it. But they're still going to do the heel tactic. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah. like, they, they say, you know, rude things to the crowd and stuff like that. Right. But then the they're like, oh, we like, you know, like, oh, you love us, you know, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I like it, man. I think it's super cool. And like I said, I, I mean, I see, big, match. I see big things coming for those guys. And yeah, it was a great match. 
we got the tag team match yes and this had next and that had a lot of weird stuff going on with the two special guest referees yeah. we coming into the match we still didn't even know exactly how it was going to go down and the uh announcers kind of made sure that we knew that we didn't know what was going to go down right. they're like how are they gonna coexist with two referees is one going to be inside is one going to be outside so they kind of asked all these questions while the match was you know getting going people doing their entrances and stuff like that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke and Randy Orton. We had uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane O'Mac as the special guest referees. And what they established, like I said, coming out to the ring was that we didn't really know how it was going to work. And basically right at the beginning of the match, Daniel Bryan and Shane kind of argue who's going to be inside the ring and who's going to be outside the ring, which is how they would normally run two referees. They end up deciding that they both want to be in the ring. And after a few minutes of them, like, bumping into each other and having weird counts, they decide they're going to split the ring in half. Count on. This is my half to count on. And uh, that's how they run the the rest of the match. Right. So everything's going smooth. You know, Shane O'Mac's ref in his side. Daniel Bryan's ref in his side. And we get the ref bump where Shane's about to count a win, quote unquote, that where you think, you know, it's going to be the win. And uh, Daniel Bryan falls into him, gets pushed in, on his into keys. him, yeah, yep. and um, breaks up the count. So now Shane's upset, getting in Daniel Bryan's face. They work it out. I think Shane's the first one to do the fast count. Like something weird, right? Shane does the count that I called the one, two. Oh, my hand is. Yes. Oh, gravity. I'm cramped. I'm, I'm cramped. I can't do it. So, I, and Sorry. actually, I think that was on Daniel Bryan's side of the ring. That's like part yes. of the story. So, <laughs> which pissed Daniel Bryan off now. Yep. Now you can he's visibly upset. see that he is getting that goat face and the smoke coming out of his ears. So if you guys haven't realized, this match was totally centered around the referees, which, you know, is kind of not what you expect for a wrestling match. But that's what uh, that's what happened, and that's what they did. Um, these guys are wrestling, but I can't really tell you, too honestly, much of anything about the match. I can tell you what happened with the ref spots right. and stuff like that, because that's what <laughs> sticks out to me the most. So we got, you know, Shane O'Mac doing the, oh, my arm's cramped on the three. A few minutes later... Daniel Bryan dives across the ring to Shane's half and counts a quick count. And Sami Zayn gets a roll-up. Is that what it was, Sami Zayn? I think it was him. And, uh, yeah, so basically we get ref spots back and forth. You quick counted. This is BS. And um, they kind of leave it as we're going to figure out what's going on here uh, on SmackDown. Yep. So um, Daniel Bryan taking a page out of Mike Tyson. One, two, three, baby. Yep. Bang, boom. Yeah. Everybody looks confused. They know it was fast. And um, we knew it was going to be something weird. I liked the idea of the story and everything like that. But I thought it really put the wrestlers on the back burner. Yeah. And I don't think that that's what they originally wanted to do unless they're setting up Shane versus Daniel Bryan on a, on a comeback. You know what I mean? You have to do something big with this story now because you just let four guys wrestle on a pay-per-view that nobody remembers anything they did. Right. You know, so... I just remember Kevin Owens alluding that Daniel Bryan was kind of on their side, but obviously he kept his job, so he wanted the world to know it. Yeah. At the end, that was like the biggest thing. While... While the refs are arguing, you just got Owens and Zayn over there cheerleading themselves. Like, yeah, yeah. see you Tuesday, baby. We won. We yeah. won. Yeah. <laughs> it was good, man. I, um, so far, the pay-per-view, you know, different. There was different things that they did and uh, everything, but everything was good. I enjoyed it so far. And uh, this 
you know, championship match between uh, AJ and uh, the returning Jinder Mahal coming back to get his rematch yep. for the WWE title. We had said on the uh, preview episode that this was a big match for Jinder um, as far as, you know, how he can be perceived as a wrestler in the future. Is he right. is he a top guy, basically? And I, I thought Jinder delivered. Yep. I thought he looked like a top Absolutely. guy. Um, I didn't think that he looked outclassed by AJ by you know any normal more normal than AJ normally outclasses people you know right. what I mean it um I thought it was a huge match for gender I thought it clearly puts him in that upper echelon of um foreign heels yeah. for the company right now so whoever you know wherever that role is needed um he could absolutely jump in and be a title guy or a contender for a title right. or just a super monster heel, foreign heel, you know, I, great job, man. Yep. That's all I want to say about it. I thought that the match was classic. We saw everything we wanted to see. AJ, gender, um, AJT's the big styles clash. I thought that was cool. Yeah. AJ ended up taking the win at the end, but, you know, congrats to gender because uh, we've been praising him for quite a while while a lot of people were crapping all over him. And I think he showed a lot of people last night that, that he's for real and, and that he's getting better, you know, each and yeah. every day. I mean, he looks great. He's powerful, yeah. right? He, yeah. He's a, he, if you're looking at different, you know, types of wrestlers, you got gender. He is a powerful, strong man. And in this match, you know, he was up against the striking, more speedy, fast pace of, of a crafty AJ Styles. So their their two styles matched really good, but like you said, pun intended, I guess, gender looks strong. Yeah, in, in all ways, it w- it was good, man. And you know, top to bottom, good pay per view. There weren't a lot of matches, which we kind of talked about, mm-hmm. um, which is probably why Bludgeon Brothers got bumped onto the main card. Right. But I thought it was good, man. I thought it was. I thought that the pay per view flowed. That I didn't get bored. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, sometimes you're like, ugh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. sometimes at five, six hours, you know, for some of these pay-per-views, that, that can get exhaust. I, I thought it was, they did a great job. And even though nothing was match of the year, everything was good. Yep. And, uh, you know, thanks to WWE for putting on another good show. And, and I'm excited for Royal Rumble in six weeks, man. What time is it? Tell me what time it is! It's that time. Let's get into the Spotlight Match of the Week. All right, dudes. Spotlight Match of the Week. We've been amping this one up for a while. We had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Everything's been different, but this is a super cool Spotlight Match of the Week. One that I was excited for and have been excited to talk to you guys about for a while. We settled on WrestleMania 18, the Toronto Sky Dome, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Icon versus icon. Yeah, dude. A dream match you would never thought would happen. Ever. You know what I mean? Um, in my opinion, this match is one of one of the most notorious of all time. I don't want to say the greatest because there's a this match is a lot of um, you know, pomp and circumstance. You know, um, I'm all right with it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's why I want to say notorious because everybody remembers this match and knows this match. There's something from you it. You remember the moments, you know, in yep. my opinion. So, to, just to give a little backstory of what's going on at WrestleMania, they're at the Sky Dome. This place is sold out, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um it's packed. I think 70,000 fit in that place. It was it was a ton. 
64,000. Right, dude, that's a lot of people. Um, yeah. There's a little bit of controversy with this match going forward. I think a lot of people wanted, I mean, you know, first, first starting off, I think a lot of people wanted uh, Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold. You think so? Yeah. I mean, with the NWO coming in, top guy versus top guy, it could easily have been argued that it was The Rock, but I think Stone Cold versus Hogan was the match. We've heard Hulk Hogan didn't... Stone Cold didn't want to do the job. Hulk Hogan didn't want to do the job for Stone Cold, so it didn't work out, and they ended up swapping it around the way they did. Um, I've heard Bruce Prichard talk about it on the podcast, and he basically said that they planned on doing Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold the next year. You know, that they Hulk Hogan was going to wrestle them both, and he had to wrestle one of them first and one of them second, and that was just the way that the booking worked out. Um, So we were supposed to get that match at one point, but... With all that starting off and the way things, you know, got kicked off with who's going to be wrestling Hulk Hogan in his first big match back from WCW, there's no denying that The Rock was the right choice. Absolutely. Because everything, you know, the stars aligned Mm -hmm. for this match, man. Um, So you're watching WrestleMania and basically Hogan tells Nash and Hall to stay backstage that he wants to do this on his own. That's a big deal. NWO has always had that gang mentality. And um, actually, you know, Nash basically says, um, well, we'll we'll do what we need to do to haul after Hogan walks away. So you kind of aren't really sure. Hogan says he wants to do it on his own, but these guys might go into business for themselves and and do what they want to do. So you're really... Not sure what's going to happen. We get we get a lot of video packages, and uh, the backstory package was super good. Yep. It basically filled you in if you didn't know what was going on at all and made you excited. I, I watched it, and even though I knew what was going to happen, I knew what was going on, I'm like, wow, sweet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to watch this again, you know? They, they both come out to huge pops, 64,000 people strong, yep. yelling and screaming, do you think anybody got the bigger pop that night? I think it would be, yeah. I think Hogan got it a little bit. I think it was a big nostalgia pop. But the real excitement came when they both came in the ring. And this is the moment that sticks out to me the most in this match. And there are other moments. But when I think of this match, the stare down. They're, they're about four feet from each other, looking each other square in the eyes. And then they slowly, slowly look in opposite directions camera flash bulbs are going off like crazy and they give us a solid 20 seconds at least of this and everybody gets a chance to take their pictures and this is probably why you know we remember this moment so much because that photo and that video is so cemented in time in wwe in their video packages you know you see this right you know what i mean so i i thought that was super cool man the crowd's going nuts at home, I imagine, you know, I remember watching this and, and we were all going nuts. You know, people that were there that didn't care about wrestling at all, everybody was going nuts for this. Oh, yeah. Because you. Everyone knew who Hulk Hogan was. And at that point, a lot of people knew who The Rock was. Right. You know, and, maybe, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people. And they almost had not similar paths, but just hear me out. As far as the acting goes, like Hogan has done his fair share of acting. And at this point in time, The Rock had just started. Like he was the Scorpion King. So you got that both of that going on besides all their accomplishments in wrestling. So like they had something to fight for and it was just who was the icon? Yeah, who is you know, you got the, the best in now. wrestling of all time? 
you know, that's basically the impression that you're getting. And man, so they the bell rings and these guys tie up and the crowd is still going nuts. Yeah. Every time they touch, it's slow, it's methodical, it's Hulk Hogan, 80s wrestling. Mm-hmm. The test of strength. Every, like how often do you really see that nowadays? But not too that's often. a classic Hogan move. And, and I love it. I love that Hogan won the test of strength and does a classic Hogan pose down. Yep. And the crowd erupts for that too. Yeah, they are literally barely touching and the crowd's going nuts and you know that the first strike is going to blow the roof off of this place if it's not already gone, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we got the test of strength like you said. Hogan looks real strong to start it off. The Rock lets him look strong. Mm-hmm. He kind of pushes the Rock back, pushes him onto the ground at one point, and he just looks really, really strong. Like you said, we get the Hogan pose down. Hogan must pose, baby. And, uh, you know, he does it early and often. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the match is super slow, like you said, but to me, it was the perfect pace. Yeah. There was no reason to rush it. The crowd was into it. They were eating up everything. Hogan's back rakes were getting just as big as a pop mm-hmm. as, you know, a 450. And the way The Rock was selling them, too. Yeah. I mean, it was, in my opinion, how less is more. Like, this is the perfect example of less is more in the wrestling business. This is where Hogan started looking a little gassed. Yes, I think yes. all the posing and, I mean, the it, excitement. I'm sure Adrenaline. Just, they don't just say breathtaking. Like, imagine just being them. I'm sure they were just out of breath from walking down the ring. Absolutely, man. And he looks um, so much so that he's not even really selling the Rock's punches because uh, he, yeah. can't, he can't move around too much. And, and it's pretty obvious to me. But it's okay because I'm so into what's going on. This is only me analyzing it 10 years later, you know, and more than 10 years later after the yeah. fact. You know what I mean? Like, I would have never noticed this at the time because my adrenaline would have been right. pumping so much that, like, I wouldn't have seen it. But in my opinion, um, maybe this is why Stone Cold didn't want to have the match in the first place because he knew, you know what I mean, that maybe Hulk Hogan wasn't up for it. Um, it didn't take anything away, though. Like, no. like you were saying, uh, with the Rock's punches, Hogan couldn't flip over that rope. He really couldn't. Yeah. But me, as a kid, I was probably, I don't remember, 14, 15. I was like, yeah, you can't take Hogan down, baby. Yeah. Like, he ain't going over those ropes. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Hogan's too big to flip over those that's ropes. Right. That's all I would have thought. That's a good point. So they basically head outside the ring and they start, you know, resting, ripping apart the announce table and basically battling on the outside of the ring. Uh, the Rock is getting the upper hand at this point, and and he's really just um, establishing his part of the match, and you know letting Hogan take a breather. I assume nothing really crazy happened, um, especially with the announce table after they ripped it apart. They right. end up heading back into the ring, and we're supposed to forget about that for a while. Um, the ref took a bump, and The Rock puts Hogan in the sharpshooter. Hogan taps, but the ref's obviously out. But I'm trying to wake him up, shaking my Chiota. Like, come on, man. Brutally shaking yeah, him, too. Like, <laughs> ripping him around like a ragdoll. It makes you see how strong Hogan is. So, Hogan beats the crap out of the rock after this with the weight belt. You know, Hogan gets up, hits him from behind, pulls off the weight belt, starts Get, beating the crap out of him with it. Oh, yeah. Laying he, him in. He starts the heel moves, man. He hits him with the low blow and a rock bottom. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And only for a two count, though. But Hogan hits the rock bottom on the rock. Yep. And then says, okay, he's pulling out all these tricks. Like you said, time to take this belt off and give a whipping. Yep. 
beats them down, dude. Yep. So these are hard slaps on the back. These aren't, you know, most of the belt's not hitting the, the canvas. It's it's hitting the rock. And uh, it looks like it hurts, man. It's a big leather strap. Yeah, it's no Levi's little holding up your slacks. It's a weightlifting belt. Absolutely, Hogan man. style. <laughs> yeah, dude. So Hogan's obviously got the upper hand. The Rock makes his comeback. He gets his hands on the strap, and he's going to get his comeuppance on Hogan. And I bet at that moment, Hogan was re- regretting how hard he just hit The Rock <laughs> because uh, he got his back right then. Um, the Rock laid into him. Again, good, stiff, hard hits with the belt. Uh, and that's when Hogan starts to hulk up. Yep, he you know, takes The Rock bottom. Yeah, Oh, yeah, takes The Rock bottom. But and that just wakes up the Hulkster, baby. Oh, he starts hulking up, shaking his hands. Huge you know? ovation now. Absolutely. This is what the crowd wants to see. Drops the finger in his face, tells him he ain't going to take no more, um, gives him a good, a good couple rights, and uh, Hogan basically drops the leg, and right when you think it's over, the rock kicks out yep. of the leg drop. I don't know, and I highly doubt he's the first person to ever kick out of the leg drop, but I'm sure Hogan didn't let that happen too often. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, him passing the torch to the, sure. and saying, hey, like the, it's the young guy's time now, in my opinion. But he still, you know, got to get a little more in the match because the place is going nuts right now. Hogan misses the second leg drop, takes the rock bottom. Uh, so Twice. Yeah. The rock gives Hogan the second rock bottom and finally the people's elbow for the one, two, three, and the win. And the match isn't over because we're going to get another... Um, schmaz in the middle of the ring you might say and uh so the rock rock moment yeah man the rock's music hits he's posing um he says something to hogan which is obviously that you know he respects him or something like that and uh they shake hands hulk hogan goes to leave again the rock calls him back again and starts you know basically telling the rock that uh telling hogan that he should do his poses so uh, Hulk Hogan runs around the ring, hitting all his poses, looking great. The Rock's telling him to do it to this side and that side. Really, really cool. Hall and Nash hit the ring and beat down Hogan. Yep. So they left it open for something like this to happen. At this point, I would assume most people forgot all about them because of what's going on in the ring, right. how everything just went down. There's no reason to think about Hall and Nash at all right now. Right. You're seeing a flash of Hulkamania, the yep. red and yellow, running through my Bangs, brother. Yeah. So they hit the ring. They beat down Hogan, and uh, The Rock makes a save for him. So he jumps in, and Hall and Nash powder out. Hogan's told by The Rock to do the ear pose and stuff like that again, and um, they basically, you know, fade to black with, uh, you know, for this match because yeah, this right. isn't even the main event. Like, I don't know how that didn't work out, you know, title wise, but whatever. And and that's the end. You know, they he- head to the next video package. Hogan and The Rock are standing strong in the middle of the ring at WrestleMania. The Rock kicked out of the leg drop. He saved Hogan, and uh, everybody's looking like a baby face. And, I, man, one of the greatest matches of all time and an obvious choice for Spotlight Match oh, yeah. of the Week, man. For sure. And with that, though, just random other things that went through my head during this match. Is Hogan cursed when it comes to the Sky Dome? Because, you know, WrestleMania six is when he again passed that torch over to the Ultimate Warrior. And you you would think going into this match, it was very, I wouldn't say even, but 
I know at the time I was rooting for Hulk Hogan. I've always been a Hulk Hogan guy myself, even when I was a younger cat. Mm-hmm. Who were you rooting for? I think The match? Rock, man. The Rock was getting over huge yeah. at this time. And I know he, you've been a Rock guy too. I mean, he was kind of that cool heel at this point. If you were, I, I mean, if I totally remember correctly, I think at this point, Stone Cold was super, super hot. But he was so commercial that I think I started leaning towards The Rock. Right. Then, obviously, The Rock hits that superstardom level, and you start leaning towards the other guys, Daniel right. Bryans and wh- whoever, you know what I mean? Yep. John Cena at first. And Kurt Angle. Yeah. And, right. and, uh, but, yeah, so I, I think I was with The Rock on this one. Um, but I don't care who you were for, winning or losing. Right. Everybody was happy at the end of that match, and uh, the W didn't matter. It right. was the process, in my opinion. Yep. I loved Absolutely. it, man. I loved it. So uh, what do you got in store for the next week that we do a spotlight match of the week? I did put together a little uh, match here that I was excited about. And it's actually, let me get the date here. It was, We're going to do the last match that was ever on WCW Nitro. Awesome. This is this is a, a, a moment, a hallmark moment, as you might say. <laughs> the last one we're ever going to get under the WCW brand um, as far as not owned by Vince McMahon or WWE, basically. I mean, it was, but but this was the last match we were ever going to get on Nitro. Um, it was Sting versus Ric Flair, Mr. WCW versus Mr. WCW, I would say. you know, yep. I mean, those guys are one and two in WCW history, in my opinion, no yeah, matter absolutely. how you look at it. W- w- no matter who's one and who's two, uh, those two guys are, are top-notch in WCW history. So I wanted to do this match. It was March 26, 2001. The last WCW Nitro, and this was the last match. So this closed out WCW. I think that this is a cool one for us to go over and kind of just uh, bookend WCW, you yep. know, right there. And, uh, yeah, so that's what I picked, and check that out. Again, it's uh, Sting versus Ric Flair, March 26, 2001, WCW Nitro, the last match and the last show. Let us know what you guys think about it. You can hit us up on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or if you have any suggestions, let us know. We're happy to take suggestions for the Spotlight Match of the Week and, and go over the matches you guys want to hear. Absolutely. Right on, man. This is one of my favorite parts to do, to go back and relive all these awesome matches. Brings so, back so many memories, you yeah. know what I mean? So anything that would bring back memories for you guys, let us know. And we're, you know, we're happy to try to squeeze it in. is the WPC Brain Buster. Let's meet today's contestants. An X-Men collecting father of two, whose wrestling knowledge is so great, may the force be with you. The Commissioner Ian. From the age of six, he's been saving princesses from castles. His heroes are grown men in spandex. This is Mike. All right, Mike, I got a brain buster for you this week. This one might be a little tricky, right. so so you're going to think about it, you know what I mean? So, all right, all right. All right, dude. Here we go. How many world championships does Hulk Hogan have to his name? World championships. And I'll give you, I'll give you that we're we're talking about main country, main companies. I'm not going to count 
XVW in Illinois who gave him the title at, at their big fun, you know, outdoor tent show. Main uh, companies. Yep. I got to think about it. All right, man. But still, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. How many titles has he? How many titles has he won? World titles. I'm overthinking it. I think you are and too. I'm thinking of my number. I kind of. I did that. On, I did it on purpose to throw. But you I off. know he. Eleven. Dude, super close. Eleven is a really good guess. It's twelve. Ah. All right. Wow. So. It was six in WCW and six in the WWF mm. for 12. And I thought that my little comment about multiple companies would make you think like maybe he won one in TNA and you would tack one on at the end oh, or something no. like that. So I was trying to swerve I you a little bit there. I TNA. I was trying to swerve you a little bit with that comment. But it was six in WCW, six in the WWE or WWF right. for a total of 12 world titles, um, which probably puts him top five or so. Yeah. There's a few guys ahead Because I know he won a, one late. When it was the undisputed title in WWE, mm. so I, I added that one. Yeah, and you were close. I saw I was, you adding them up. You was, missed one in one company because you said five and yeah. six, right? It was WCW that I was more. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. The have WWE known ones, that. I'm pretty sure I nailed. Like I'm counting them in my head. Like okay, WrestleMania nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. This that. You know. I was confident that you wouldn't remember them all, but I thought you might just know the number. Like oh, it's twelve. Like John Cena, everybody knows it's sixteen. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Or Ric Flair, everybody knows it's sixteen. So I thought you might just know the number, but I'm like, eh, maybe I'll like give him a little swervesky. Cool, man. You got me, but I was close, so I'm not upset. <laughs> No, with my knowledge here, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it a two count. <laughs> All right, brother, dude, it was a good week. Um, I enjoy me some wrestling, and I like talking to you about it, man. If you guys like our show, tell your friends, retweet it, subscribe, all that good stuff. Michael, let you know where you guys can find us. Uh, That's right at WPC Smash on Twitter. You can go to our website, which is WPCSmash.wordpress.com, and iTunes, Google Play. All that good stuff. We appreciate you listening, and we hope you had a good time. We'll see you next time. Yeah, spread the word and give them a just too sweet. Too You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.